1: You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, so you can get those into me by either adding me on Twitter at Julian Council, DMing me on Twitter at Julian Council. Make sure to first follow me there on Twitter at Julian Council. Okay, so we had the conversation on Monday. It's not the first time; won't be the last time that we had the conversation—a conversation about the upcoming quarterback carousel here in the National Football League. It'll be very interesting to see what happens in Green Bay. What now happens in Tampa once Tom Brady officially says that he's going to retire? What happens in New Orleans and what happens with some other quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson down in Houston if he can get his legal troubles figured out? Same thing with Russell Wilson there in Seattle. No legal troubles. But what does his future look like in the Pacific Northwest? And there will be several other scenarios to look at when taking inventory of the quarterback carousel in the National Football League. But of course, this is locked on Panthers, which means that we are far more concerned about what's going to happen here in Carolina and if the Carolina Panthers can find that major upgrade at quarterback. With all that being said, come on down, Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw the game on Sunday night in the NFC Championship game, all the reasons why the San Francisco 49ers are moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Why they traded three first-round picks last year to move up to third overall to draft Trey Lance. We saw it on Sunday as they blew a 17-7 to lead there late in the second half and did not win that game. You can point to the dropped interception from Jakowski tart You can point to not getting Debo Samuel or George Kittle a touch at the end of the game there. But it all goes onto the shoulders Of Jimmy Garoppolo with those final two drives, not able to do anything to help them win that game and get to another Super Bowl. Even had Jimmy Garoppolo gotten the 49ers to a Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, Jed York, and the brass there in San Francisco were all ready to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. So, what is his future now? Could it be here in Carolina? I made the joke last night on Twitter on Sunday night that it's going to be hilarious when HBO's Hard Knocks is here in Carolina featuring this team during training camp when we have a Jimmy Garoppolo versus Sam Darnold quarterback competition. I got a lot of folks who did the Ricky Bobby, don't you put that evil on me, gift to quote tweet that. And I'm not trying to speak it in existence. In a way, it would be comical if Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer and David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers organization decided to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo and try to pretend that Jimmy G should be competing with Sam Darnold. Jimmy G's done nothing but win when he's healthy. Sam Darnold's done nothing but turn the football over and be terrible. So, no, it should not be a competition. But I'm sure they would love to make it into a competition to add the drama and to pretend as if Sam Darnold should ever be given the opportunity to compete for a starting job in a National Football League ever again. Jimmy Garoppolo... I don't think is a guy who's going to ever lead a team to a Super Bowl. I honestly thought a couple years ago San Francisco should have won that game. You can look at Kyle Shanahan. There was a great article um, in The Athletic on Monday just dissecting the 49ers collapse and pointing back to the Super Bowl and also pointing back to when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons in that Super Bowl where they blew a 28-3 lead and how this has become a pattern a trend. And is it all Jimmy Garoppolo? No. The guy gutted it out over the last month of the season, helping this team in Week 18 come back from a 17-point deficit and win that game at SoFi Stadium in L.A. in overtime. The win on the road against Dallas and then on against, Sam, then against Green Bay, where he wasn't great, but he's been playing with a banged-up shoulder, has a torn ligament in his thumb, and he spoke to Mike Silver, formerly of the NFL Network, in an article for Bally Sports, just saying how he felt it every single time. If anything, the guy is tough as nails. The team follows him. They love the character that he is. So I give him a ton of credit for that. But the fact is, Jimmy Garoppolo is just not good enough to get a team to win a Super Bowl, which is what we want here in Carolina. All that to say is, if Jimmy Garoppolo comes to Carolina, he's obviously an upgrade. And I think the Panthers, if they make the right moves in free agency, can be a playoff team with him. Will they be in the Super Bowl next year with him? I don't know. We have to see how the rest of the NFC landscape plays out. But I would imagine that would not be the case. He would likely save Matt Rule's job and allow for Matt Rule to have another year. But would he be the answer to the question of, can this guy win a Super Bowl? And he would not. And that's what we want here in Carolina, right? Looking at the situation here and just taking... Inventory and understanding that there's other places across the NFL and other teams that are going to be quarterback needy this offseason. It's not a slam dunk that the Carolina Panthers are going to get a dramatic upgrade at the position next season. And it's not really hard to get. It's not hard to say anyone could be a dramatic upgrade considering just how bad the quarterback play was last year. Garoppolo would be an upgrade. But a dramatic upgrade is someone who can step in and turn this entire franchise around like we've seen with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati in two short years. And in a way, with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, a year ago, decided that he did not want to come to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers wanted to give up a first-round pick and Teddy Bridgewater to the Detroit Lions, and apparently the Carolina Panthers were leaving Senior Bowl week down to Mobile, Alabama. They thought they had a deal in place until, apparently, a serendipitous meeting between Sean McVay, the Rams head coach, and Matthew Stafford, Curtin Cabo, and the Rams made a competitive offer bidding out the Patriots, the Colts, and other teams that were interested in the quarterback services. Matthew Stafford made the right decision by not wanting to go to Carolina and going to the Rams where now he's going to play for a Super Bowl, and I believe he's going to win one in two weeks. Is Aaron Rodgers better than Matthew Stafford? I'd say so. Same with Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, if he's available. All three of those guys are going to dictate where they go if they do get traded this offseason. And who's to say that any of them are going to want to come here when you look at the current situation of lame duck head coach, Ben McAdoo's the OC, O-line question marks, a running back that can't stay healthy, and one reliable wide receiver. Even Kirk Cousins, who has a no trade clause, is going to have a say on where he goes if he's no longer going to be in Minnesota next season, regardless of who the head coach is going to be once they finally identify a head coach. So I'll say it again, Garoppolo feels like the most realistic option for the Carolina Panthers. It's going to cost some assets. I don't know how much it's going to cost. Everyone in the world knows that the 49ers are going to trade him. So I don't think it's going to command a first-round pick. It's going to have to command probably something like a second-round pick. And maybe down the road in 2023, the Panthers are willing to give that up for one season to save Rule's job. We know what they should have done. They should have kept Bridgewater. Probably should have drafted the quarterback, but they did not do that. But they want to have an upgrade next season. It I feels pretty hard-pressed. That if Matthew Stafford didn't want to come here last year to believe that Aaron Rodgers, even with the new O-line coach signing that we'll get into, or hiring that we'll get into in a moment, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, and even Kirk Cousins, it's hard to believe that if Stafford bypassed this, that some of those guys who are better than him are going to be like, yeah, sign me up to go to Carolina. It's going to be a long offseason. Plenty of dominoes will fall. We will see how it plays out, and we will see what happens. Because Scott Federer said, in on every deal, the Panthers will be aggressive, but your aggressiveness doesn't really matter if players can dictate where they want to go and they look at your organization and they don't think that your organization is in a stable enough place in order to win. And all that, at the end of the day, falls back on the owner, David Tepper, who forced a quarterback decision and made it a far more dire one heading into this offseason than it was last year when they had Teddy Bridgewater starting and David Tepper demanded for a quarterback who could win him a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, we're a couple weeks away from the Carolina Panthers reaching a resolution as it pertains to their quarterback situation heading into the 2022 season. In the meantime, Matt Rule still has staff hirings to make. He made one of those on Monday. We'll get into that and the other staff hirings that he's made over the last couple weeks in just a moment. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, playoff performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts.
2: Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier.
0: A few weeks back when we were having the conversation of whether Matt Rule should return, I told y'all that typically when a head coach is embattled like Rule, that they're given the opportunity to make changes before being fired. We saw it last season when you look down at Atlanta with Dan Quinn, where he got rid of both his coordinators. Things didn't work out. Starts off 0-5. Him and the general manager, Thomas Mitroff were told to leave. That's how things typically go When it comes to coaches, especially in an NFL, they get an opportunity to make change. And I felt like Matt Rule deserved the opportunity to try and get things right. David Tepper gave him a seven-year deal. David Tepper talked about how he's a program builder. David Tepper also said how Rome wasn't built in a day. He asked the fan base to exercise the same patience that he did not show, or at least did not afford, to Teddy Bridgewater in the ongoing quarterback situation here in Carolina that now has been made worse by his lack of patience. But he has decided to exercise this semblance of patience by giving Matt Rule a third year. Y'all already know if you listen to the podcast how I feel about how long coaches should be given an opportunity. If you have a situation like in New York with Joe Judge, which is clearly not working, and he's having insane press conferences, then it's time to move on. Here in Carolina, you might not like the messaging that you hear from Matt Rule during his press conferences, and you might not love the whole the process, the DBO, don't beat ourselves, and all that other nonsense, and you don't love the fact that he screwed up the quarterback decision the last two seasons, and you might not like the fact that he is a college coach, But I felt like at the very least, his track record, both at Temple and Baylor, and I understand the college is a completely different animal, says that he should get one more opportunity because typically we see in year three where they have that leap, that breakthrough. And Matt Rule has told us that the process is working 1,000%. Okay, we will see. All that to be said, Matt Rule... Was given an opportunity to make changes, and he made changes to his coaching staff starting with five weeks in the season, getting rid of Joe Brady as his offense coordinator, then handing the keys over to his longtime friend and former college teammate and roommate there at Penn State, Jeff Nixon, who was his OC back at Baylor, knowing full well that he was not going to give Nixon the keys to the offense in 2022, Matt Rule had to go find a new O.C. Matt Rule also needed to go find a new offensive line coach as Pat Myers' unit gave up the fifth most sacks in the NFL this past season with 52. Had to start 14 different starting offensive line combinations and the development really wasn't there at all. Special teams was also a disaster over the last couple seasons. Chase Blackburn, who was retained from the Ron Rivera regime. Led one of the worst units in the National Football League. He had to go. And then Frank Ocam, a guy who followed the rule from Baylor, who went from the assistant defensive line coach to the head defensive line coach this past year, was let go. So four new positions needed to be filled by Matt Rule. He filled him one of them, the offensive coordinator with Ben McAdoo. He filled another special teams coordinator with Chris Tabor. And on Monday, he filled the offensive line coach position with James Campen, formerly of the Houston Texans, but well-known For his 15 years that he spent with the Green Bay Packers. From 2004 to 2018, he coached the Green Bay Packers offensive line. And during that time, became well known for turning mid to late round picks into consistent performers. Look at guys like Brady Christensen, Deontay Brown, even at Dennis Daly. Those could be guys who could be up to being developed this offseason and potentially turned into starters. And even players like Pat Elfline and Cam Irving who have struggled. Maybe they can be redeemed and reclaimed when James Campin comes here. But overall, the Carolina Panthers need to have a strong offensive line unit, and he has the background and the track record of doing it, having seven different Pro Bowl offensive linemen during his time in Green Bay. He played center for Brett Favre back when he was a Green Bay Packer player and has a great relationship with Aaron Rodgers, which could lead some to believe that maybe Carolina becomes an option because of Rodgers' relationship with who he nicknames Campy, which, you know, makes sense. Campin' Campy. Seems like a great character. Carolina Panthers put out a video that's from NFL Films that was narrated by Aaron Rodgers and also had interviews with Brett Favre in it just talking about how special of a guy James Campen was to them and is to them and for the organization there in Green Bay. And anytime you spend 15 years at one place, especially the Green Bay Packers, you got to be pretty damn good at your job. And I think this is an excellent hire just based off of that resume to spend time in Green Bay and to be able to do what he did. He spent the last couple years this past season in Houston under David Kelly, was up in Cleveland before that, where the Browns have one of the best offensive lines here in the National Football League. They're very run-heavy with Kareem Hunt and with Nick Chubb. Seems like an excellent hire to me for Matt Rule to get this guy, especially knowing that he's a guy who's on the hot seat. And you have to give credit also to Ben McAdoo, who, when he was hired, it was reported that he would have a say in who the offensive line coach would be. And considering that Ben McAdoo spent six years coaching Green Bay, six of those seasons with James Campen, James Campen was an ideal choice. Looking at that background and that shared history that they have with the Green Bay Packers, so bravo to Matt Rule and to Ben McAdoo for doing something positive and getting one of the most respected offensive line coaches by. Two guys, two quarterbacks who will both, one of them is already in the Hall of Fame, and the other one, Aaron Rodgers, will be a 1st ballot Hall of Famer and maybe might be a Carolina Panther here in a couple weeks. Keep your fingers crossed. Matt Rule's also gone out there and hired Chris Tabor. As a special teams coach, comes from the NFC North, spent time in Chicago, consistently has put out top 10 units. He now only has to go out there and find a new defensive line coach to replace Frank Ocam. One of the most important things for Matt Rule this offseason when trying to build or at least rebuild the staff in those four position groups. He needed to find veteran NFL coaches. Joe Brady had never called a play, not in Pee Wee, not at college at LSU, not in high school, but yet Matt Rule went outside of his comfort zone because of that awesome offense in 2019 at LSU where Brady didn't recruit those guys, didn't coach Joe Burrow, but was given all of the credit in the world for that season. And we've seen that it wasn't all Joe Brady. And when Joe Brady was here in Carolina, good first year, didn't have the pieces around him. So he wasn't necessarily set up to succeed in 2021. But still, there was a disconnect between Joe Brady and Matt Rule. And I personally never felt like Joe Brady should have gotten the job because he did not have the resume and the experience to step into this arena with the best defensive minds in football, ideally the best defensive minds of football, and succeed, which we did not see this past year, even if he was not set up in the best position. Ben McAdoo has the experience of being a head coach in the National Football League, albeit not a successful one, one good enough to get to the playoffs in year one. He also has the experience of having worked with the Hall of Fame quarterback in Eli Manning and having worked with the Super Bowl winning head coach in Tom Coughlin and having turned around a bottom of the league offense in New York with the Giants into a top 10 unit in two short years. I look at that as an upgrade just based off of what he's done compared to what Joe Brady's done in his career. Just looking at careers and looking at the experience, found an experienced play caller and former head coach of Ben McAdoo. Chris Tabor, like I mentioned, has consistently put together top 10 special teams units. Chase Blackburn was consistently putting bottom third special teams units out on the field here in Carolina. James Campen is one of the most respected offensive line coaches in the game. Pat Meyer. Pat Meyer while he had NFL experience coming over from the Chargers in L.A., did not do a great job in developing these offensive linemen, also dealt a bad hand this year with the two free agent signings for, on day one of Cam Irving and a Pat Elf Either way, did not see a ton of development from some of the players that you would have liked to see. All three of those, to me, feel like upgrades to what they had last year, and they have way more experience now, in that coaching room than they had last season. Now, one more box to check is the defensive line coach. Can Matt Rule find another experienced NFL coach to put in that position and not a guy like Frank O'Kam who came with him from Baylor, who initially was an assistant defensive line coach, then upgraded to a defensive line coach this past season, where, yes, they were very good at getting at the passer, but against the run, they were not stout enough. Personnel has something to do with that. Scott Federer has already mentioned Finding that DN type that's about 285 pounds that can set the edge for them in the run game. Either way, they need to find another experienced coach. So give Matt Ruhle all the grief that you want. But so far, in terms of the hires that he's made, even McAdoo, because without McAdoo, there's no camping. He's done as good as you could have hoped, at least in my opinion. They were never going to get a rock star offensive coordinator, one of these hot names. The last time they got one, Joe Brady, that flopped. And there's also going to be other play, coaches are going to look at the situation and consider: Do they want to go there? Tabor's leaving Chicago, where they just fired their coach, and he's like, "All right, fine, I'll, I'll take a risk here." And Campen is was in Houston, where they just fired his coach. He has a relationship with Ben McAdoo, who made sense, and McAdoo was out of the league. I don't hate the hirings. It's also TBD on whether these work out. But James Camp at the very least, that seems like one that I think everyone here in Carolina to be excited about just based off of what the words of uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers were and his 15 years spent with one of the flagship franchises in the National Football League, that being the Green Bay Packers. A little news on the Pro Bowl front as Stephon Gilmore, when I'll be going to the Pro Bowl, leads you to wonder what his future here is in Carolina and compare that to also Dante Jackson, a conversation I'm sure we'll have multiple times throughout the next couple weeks. Who would you rather have right now thinking about it? Pro Bowler Stephon Gilmore, former Defensive Player of the Year, Stephon Gilmore, or Dante Jackson, who does not have those credentials get into that here in just a moment this episode of locked on panthers is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand or warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket save time and money when using rock auto rock auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years rock auto prices are reliably low for every customer they have everything you can need from brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet go explore their easy to use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box and know we sent you amazing selection
3: reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: Apparently the Pro Bowl will be taking place this Sunday. I think I won't be watching as I never watched the Pro Bowl because I don't really see the appeal of the Pro Bowl, but it is great for the players. To get an opportunity to earn a little bit more money. I don't know. They don't get to go to Hawaii anymore. I don't even know where the Pro Bowl is. I don't really see the added benefit other than the straight cash, which, hey, this is a job. It's a business. Take the money and run. Stephon Gilmore will be representing the Carolina Panthers in the Pro Bowl this week along with Brian Burns. And Gilmore was a late addition on Monday. And it was also kind of a surprising one, in considering that he didn't play a full season and only played three games where he played more than 55% of the snaps. Either way, Stephon Gilmore is going to be a pro bowler, and it only adds to a resume that he hopes will one day, when his playing career is over, be enough to enshrine him in Canton, Ohio. I don't know whether he's actually truly going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's been a damn good defensive player in New England, and Buffalo, and... His short period of time here with the Carolina Panthers. And he's certainly someone who I would love to have back here in Carolina moving forward. It will be his fifth Pro Bowl, by the way. He's also been the NFL Defensive Player of the Year back in 2019. He's been a two-time first-team All-Pro in 2018 and 19, And has a resume that a lot of corners would love to have in their career. Even if it does not amount to an enshrinement and a bust in Canton, Ohio. The question was asked back during exit interviews to Scott Fitter and even to Dante Jackson of whether it was an either or situation when it came to Stephon Gilmore coming back next year to Carolina or Dante Jackson coming back next season here to Carolina. Dante didn't see it that way and Scott Fitter, as he said in the past, has a plan for how the Carolina Panthers are going to attack free agency and all the contracts moving forward like DJ Moore and Brian Burns and anyone else on this roster down the road for me thinking about it at the beginning of the month of February a month and a half away from the start of free agency it feels pretty obvious who the Carolina Panthers should be trying to retain it's the hometown kid Stefan Gilmore why well I just said it five time pro bowler two-time first-team all-pro and a former defensive player of the year in the National Football League Dante Jackson has in four seasons zero Pro Bowls, zero All Pros, and has never been the defensive player of the year in a National Football League. Now, you could also, I think, point to Taylor Moten to why that doesn't always matter, but Taylor Moten the past two years has not missed a snap and has been the only consistent factor on the Carolina Panthers' offensive line and was a vital member that they could not let go. The Carolina Panthers drafted J.C. Horn, in theory, which they said actually on draft night, to play opposite of Dante in the future. And that was before they decided after J.C. Horn went down to trade a third-round pick and Dan Arnold to the Jacksonville Jaguars to get a former top-ten pick from the 2020 draft, C.J. Henderson, who so far looks like more of a rotational player. They also had A.J. Bouye on the roster and later on Brian Stephon Gilmore, and they seemed to really like the sixth-rounder out of Washington, Keith Taylor. I don't know if Dante Jackson is someone that they necessarily need to have back next year, but I feel pretty good about saying that they need to have Stephon Gilmore back next season to help mold JC Horn and to add one of the best defensive players when healthy in the NFL. And that's a very key thing to say when healthy. He has not been healthy the last couple of years with the groin injury, the quad injury. Those are concerns, especially for a player above the age of 30 in the Carolina Panthers have made a point since Matt Rule came here to get younger. But for me, when it comes to building this team, since we are still rebuilding and the process is working 1,000%, you want to retain players like Stephon Gilmore. I think they like Dante Jackson. No, I'll say that. I know they like Dante Jackson. But who's the better player? It's Gilmore. And Stephon Gilmore is only going to play about three more years. I do believe that he'll probably end up somewhere else in Carolina. But if I'm having the choice... I would rather have Gilmore back here because of the resume that he has. And once he stepped on the field, did you hear anyone making plays? Don't Let's go back to the whole Washington game where Dante was getting cooked by Terry McLaurin. If Stephon Gilmore is healthy, does Terry McLaurin have that game? I highly doubt it. I doubt that happens. Stephon Gilmore is one of the best corners in the league. Dante Jackson is not one of the best corners in the league. I would rather have Stephon Gilmore for three more years if he... He wants to sign up for three more years and wants to play here in Carolina than having Dante Jackson on a four- or five-year deal because Dante Jackson is just another corner while Stephon Gilmore is one of the top corners in the National Football League. I don't really think that's a controversial thing to say. I think that's how everyone should feel. And it also helps that he's from the area. and He already lives here, and he would be someone to perfectly market to the community and the kids here in the Charlotte area that love football. I'm like, hey, if you work hard enough and you get the lucky breaks and you stay healthy, that may be you, too – can be a Carolina Panther one day. It's not really a realistic goal, but it's something that they can at least try and promote and market to the kids here in the community. And Stephon Gilmore can be one of the faces of the Carolina Panthers and and a really solid player, hopefully, for them over the next couple seasons, granted that he stays healthy here in Carolina. We'll have that conversation and more conversations about who would you rather have moving forward once we get closer to free agency here this off season in 2022 but that's going to wrap it up for me here on locked on panthers hosted by yours truly julian council make sure to rate review and subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts. also check us out on spotify google Podcasts, stitcher odyssey and all those other great podcasting platforms out there and be sure to follow me julian council on twitter where every single friday i answer your weekly friday mailbag questions so get those into me now by either adding me at julian council or dm me at julian council but first make sure to follow me at julian council until then be safe take care And I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday.